Hey everyone, welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm Ashton, and it's that time of the month again where we talk about all the weird things that you've seen in your newsfeed. It's Humor Me This, a little monthly spinoff, little palate cleanser. Today I have some some wild headlines and some strange news stories to tell you about. But first of all, this first one, I think they kind of just snuck it in on us, you know, 2023, really since 2020, we've been going through it, right? And now would now's the best time to just slide it in that there's aliens out there. The government's like, hey guys, um, we found some aliens, so we just want to let you know about that. Here you go. And we're just we're just all so used to this, right? We just slid on past it. That's cute. Can we um can we figure out the price of groceries and then we could talk about the aliens, maybe? No. But this first headline, it comes from the Washington Post. And this is within the last couple of weeks. This headline is self-proclaimed UFO expert shows alleged aliens to Mexico's Congress. The article reads, quote, a Mexican journalist and self-proclaimed ufologist presented what he said were thousand-year-old non-human corpses to Mexico's Congress, unveiling two scrawny, cartoon-like bodies during a hearing on Tuesday. He said, quote, this is the first time extraterrestrial life is presented in such a form, and I think there is a clear demonstration that we are dealing with non-human specimens that are not related to any other species in our world. We are not alone. The tiny alleged aliens, which lay in two boxes during the hearing, are likely about 1,000 years old, according to analysis conducted by the National Autonomous University of Mexico. The bodies were recovered underground in Peru in 2017 and found wrapped in algae, which helped preserve them, he said. The figures looked like E.T., the fictional movie Alien, and they were both white with enlarged heads, three fingers per hand, and long, skinny limbs. He said, quote, these are not mummies. These are complete bodies that have not been manipulated. The hearing was the country's first on the topic of UAPs, which is short for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, better known as UFOs or and then unidentified flying objects to the public. Forensic expert and military doctor Benitez then presented scans of the alleged aliens to the Congress, stating that the beings once had large brains and eyes and have no relation to human beings. His claims regarding non-human remains have been disputed in the past. In 2017, he said that similar specimens also recovered from Peru were proof of aliens. Scientists dismissed the bodies as mummified humans at the time. Some social media users quickly ridiculed Tuesday's presentation, stating that the Mexican president's efforts looking into the alleged aliens are a mockery. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador has a reputation for eccentricity. Earlier this year, he claimed that he had photo evidence of an elf-like creature, which set the internet alight. So what do you think? Are we really alone out there? Or do you think this is evidence that we are not alone? I don't think we're alone. There's no way we can be alone, right? 
it's too big. The universe is too big. There's too much unknown for us to be alone. That's just what I feel. Now, along the same lines, this next headline caught my attention because this is one of my favorite mythical creatures, we'll say. So this article is titled, Inside the Largest Loch Ness Monster Hunt in Decades. So yep, we're looking for Nessie, y'all. So this article reads, quote, The legend of the Loch Ness monster, monster has fascinated generations of curious minds. Over the weekend, 90 years after its first modern supposed sighting, enthusiasts descended again on this picturesque lake in a quiet corner of the Scottish Highlands in hopes of turning myth into reality. Organizers build the weekend's events as the largest organized Nessie hunt for 50 years. And the hunters came armed with high-tech help, sonars for mapping the lake bed, thermal imaging drones for scanning the surface, and hydrophones to hear strange sounds from the depths. The events were even open to the global public. Hundreds of people were invited to a live stream of the water's surface to add more eyes to the search. Even with all the machines and added manpower, the gathering at Loch Ness was as much about reviving old lore as settling hard science. Organizers said they planned the weekend to excite interest in the legend among a new generation of Nessie hunters. So that's pretty cool. I would have loved to be a part of that, so I'm pretty sad that I missed out on that. Also pretty sad that I don't live in Scotland, so I'm going to have to work on both those things. Up next, I've said it once, I'll say it again, the ocean is a weird place. And that's why when I came across this headline, I knew I had to share it with you. This came from ripleys.com. Yes, I know it is a very reputable source, but... I love it. So here we go. This article is titled Newly Discovered Golden Orb from Bottom of Ocean Stump Scientists. And it reads, quote, it's not every day that scientists run across something that totally stumps them. But if it's going to happen, the ocean remains one of the most likely places for such a scenario to play out. After all, 80% of the world's oceans have yet to be explored, let alone mapped and scientifically observed. Nevertheless, scientists have found themselves humbled by the recent discovery of a golden colored orb. Here's what we know so far and where this line of research may take scientists moving forward. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, a mysterious golden orb? Maybe the first line or title of a new Harry Potter spinoff? Although a fanciful description, this phrase has nothing to do with fiction or fantasy, at least in this context. Instead, we're talking about the way the ocean researchers are describing their latest find. And beyond these descriptive words, scientists don't have much more to say about the object. Sam Candio of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration explains, quote, while we were able to collect the golden orb and bring it onto the ship, we still are not able to identify it beyond the fact that it is biological in origin. While this assessment doesn't narrow it down much, scientists remain hopeful about uncovering the real identity of the mystery object. They hope that placing the specimen in a lab setting where the scientific community can weigh in on its identity will yield new insights. Where did the mystery orb come from in the first place? 
Researchers recovered it about two miles below the water's surface on an underwater mount or seamount. The seamount is located in the Gulf of Alaska, and the specimen measures roughly four inches wide. On land, the specimen looks like a bit dingy and blobby, but an underwater photograph of the orb shows just how shiny and golden it looks in its natural habitat, which I'll link a picture on the blog for you guys. Apart from the striking appearance, the orb has a hole at its base, which initially led researchers to hypothesize that it might be an egg sac. But further investigation made them look for other explanations. Some scientists assume the object must be some kind of dead sea sponge, but analysis disproved this theory too. So what else is on the list of guesses? Some researchers think that it may represent an unknown life stage of an already known creature, while others guess it's an entirely new species. So what's next for the strange blob? As part of the NOAA Seascape Alaska expedition, the orb and other samples removed from the ocean's floor will be extensively studied. The mission of the effort is to learn more about the deep water off the shores of Alaska. After all, this relatively unknown corner of the ocean is unmapped and begging for exploration. So who knows? But the ocean is creepy. And all these things that they keep discovering and all these subs that keep going missing, it just shows. It's too deep. There's too much that we don't know. And it's scary. (laughs) Up next, something equally as creepy, a New York Post article that reads, Cursed painting with creepy aura purchased for $25 resells for $2,000. The infamous cursed portrait of a young woman most recently bought by Zoe Elliott Brown, age 36, from a UK charity shop for $25 has sold for $2,000. The painting was returned by its previous owner for having a creepy aura, and Elliott Brown scooped it up. But she said last month that she was convinced it had transfixed her 68-year-old mother, Jane Elliott Brown, with its power. She also reported a series of strange things happening to her family. Now, a really strange thing has happened. The painting has sold for $2,000, according to Sky News, after it went up for auction on eBay last week. Elliot Brown will split the proceeds with the charity shop that initially sold her the painting, the Hastings Advice and Representation Center in St. Leonard's on Sea, England. So, there's that. (laughs) Speaking to Britain's ITV, ITV last month, she revealed the origin of the painting is unclear as it was initially dropped off by a man who brought it into the shop without saying anything and left it there with some old frames. Quote, another lady came in and noted how creepy it looked, and then she came back and bought it, and then she brought it back a couple days later, saying it had ruined her life, end quote. Elliot Brown explained. And then I bought it. Good move, she joked. But after she brought she bought the draw draw dropping painting home and hung it in the living room, Jane's health took a turn for the worse. She told Kennedy News and Media that her mom began feeling shaky and experiencing hot flashes and even collapsed in the bathroom. Oof, so that's rough. She also would hear a phantom knocking at her door in the middle of the night. Two weeks after she bought the painting, Zoe and her partner were walking about three miles from their home to watch a lightning storm when suddenly they saw a big black figure standing before them. 
Zoe called it the most terrifying experience of her life, blaming the painting. After that, she said, quote, he grabbed me and began running back the way we had come, Zoe said of her partner. He was screaming that it was right behind him. So after that, they attempted to bring the portrait back to the charity shop, but just couldn't be pained to part with it. She took it back to her house and just another day later. So before it was sold on eBay, Zoe kept the painting in a box in her friend's garden, resting it next to some sage. Oof. (laughs) So don't go buying paintings off of eBay because they may just come with a ghost or a demon or something. Up next, you ever just look at people and think, why though? Why? So this next article came from Sky News and it's titled, Man Arrested After Trying to Run from Florida to London in a Makeshift Hamster Wheel. (laughs) The article reads, quote, A Florida man who tried to run across the Atlantic Ocean to London using a makeshift hamster wheel has been arrested. Riza Bellucci, age 44, was spotted about 70 miles off of Georgia by the U.S. Coast Guard and allegedly claimed he wanted to keep going all the way to the U.K. on August 26th. According to court documents, the U.S. Coast Guard judged the makeshift boat was manifestly unsafe and kept afloat by buoys and wiring. His voyage began just days before Hurricane Franklin, a Category 4 storm storm at at its peak, hit parts of the Caribbean and moved towards the U.S. But Mr. Bellucci refused to step off the vessel for three days until officers managed to safely extract him and bring him back to shore two days later. Quote, Bellucci informed the U.S. Coast Guard officers that he had a Florida registration on board his vessel, but he was unable to locate it court document state. (laughs) He also advised U.S. Coast Guard officers his intended destination was London, England. Okay. Mr. Bellucci showed officers he was armed with two 12-inch knives the size of a 30-centimeter ruler and would attempt to kill himself if they tried to remove him, the documents add. Officers remained on the scene and the next day, August 27th, Mr. Bellucci allegedly threatened to, quote, blow himself up. The U.S. Coast Guard said they believe this to be a valid threat, according to the documents, as he held wires in his hand. This prompted officers to call in bomb disposal experts before he admitted the threat was a hoax on August 28th, shortly after officers tried to deliver food and water. Sir... Please don't. Please don't do that. So this wasn't his first attempt, apparently. This marked the end of Mr. Bellucci's latest run-in with the Coast Guard. The papers allege with previous incidents involving a similar homemade vessel in 2014, 2016, and 2021. Sir, could you not? And finally, I'm going to share with you my favorite news story of the week, probably the month. Um, This came from WTOP News, and the headline reads, Gator with missing nose and upper jaw finds new home in Florida Reptile Park. And this little cutie, oh my god, he's so cute. Okay, so this is the article. A Florida reptile park has taken in an alligator that lost its nose and upper jaw to a fight or boat propeller. 
Gatorland Orlando said over the weekend that the injured alligator came from a lake in nearby Sanford, about 20 miles northeast of Orlando. Quote, she had basically no chance of surviving in the wild with such a severe injury. So it's a girl. How cute. Over the next few days, the park's veterinarian staff will be monitoring the gator in an effort to make sure it is eating in a stress-free environment, the park said. To get the gator to eat, the staff is cutting up small pieces of food that they will toss in the back of its throat. Believing it had survived in the wild doing the same thing on its own with its with snails, slugs, and frogs, Kathy Hernandez, a spokeswoman for the park, said in an email. Gatorland Orlando is home to thousands of alligators and crocodiles, a breeding marsh, an aviary, a nature walk, a petting zoo, and educational wildlife programs. It opened in 1949 and is considered one of the few remaining old Florida tourist attractions in central Florida. So hopefully that sweet little gator is okay. I'm sure you've probably seen it's seen her sweet little face in your newsfeed, but I'm going to share a picture on the blog if you haven't seen it yet. And that's going to wrap it up for this month's episode of Humor Me This. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for tuning in. The articles that I read on this episode will be linked to on the blog post, which is linked to in the show notes. So check it out. And if you have something that you want me to cover on next month's episode of Humor Me This, send it over to me at thehauntedcorner at gmail.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now on YouTube and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts with new new episodes dropping every week. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes, early and ad-free access to these episodes, plus so much more. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash the haunted corner to join now. If you're enjoying the episodes, rate and review wherever you listen and follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you have a case suggestion or a correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and we'll see you soon. Bye.